You're listening to the Patriot Nation Podcast. Right, welcome back to the Patriot Nation podcast, which of course is presented by FanDuel, CLNS's official wagering partner. Go to FanDuel.com slash Boston to sign up now. It's your boy Pat Lane here, as always, with my guy Matt Sangine. And we have a very special guest today, Mike Cadlick on the show. Former CLNS guy, now at WEI. We're very excited to have you on the show. Welcome in, Mike. Thanks, man. I, uh, I love live podcasting. <laughs> I, I don't mind pre-recording, but I like being live more. Love having the audience. So uh, fired up to be here. Obviously, first time on the uh, the CLNS airwaves since I left. So uh, this is going to be fun. I'm excited to uh, travel it up with you guys. So thanks for having me. Of course. Yeah, a little earlier than than scheduled for uh, – a little earlier than normally scheduled for us, I should say, for, for our uh, – our normal listeners yeah, you out guys there. guys are usually the, uh, the late night crowd, huh? We're usually the late oh, night show. Right. Yes. Close it down. Yep, that's right. We're a little risque for, for you know, <laughs> afternoon television, you know? Yeah. So uh, it's sure mostly to, my uh, it's mostly sure my face my is the problem. That's, yeah. you know, that's the problem. <laughs> um, but uh, Patriots have wrapped up training camp. That's it. They're done. Uh, practices are over. And, uh, you know, of course, Mike, you've been there every day uh, through all of it. And uh, what we what were your takeaways today? I guess you know you walk out there today, you know what's the last day of camp. Uh, how how does it feel? And I guess I guess before we before we talk about that, like, what are your what were your feelings about camp this year? Just in general, forget about today. Just like in general. Yeah, it felt um, honestly, it felt much more put together compared to last season. Um, I thought there like at the beginning of last year. Um, when I was there, the few times I was at like OTAs with the uh, Patricia and Joe Judge offense, it felt like there was some like fake optimism, almost like, okay, yeah. they put this together and this kind of looks like it might work maybe if they can. And it, it just obviously everything, you know, kind of went downhill last season where this year it felt like, you know, there's actually some promise in what they can do um, on offense. The defense has been fine. The defense will... You know, you don't really have to worry about them. They kind of just go out there and do what, you know, do what's asked of them. And, you know, there's the narrative that they weren't great against good quarterbacks. And Judon actually talked about that today. He had a, he had a good quote. But um, I think just from from an offensive standpoint, it felt like they, they really have something that they can, you know, put on the field and hopefully win some games with. Like, Mac looks comfortable in O'Brien's system. O'Brien looks like he's, you know, taken over and taken charge. Um, everything's timed up well, the receivers, the quarterbacks, the running backs, like there were so many like silly mistakes last season where, you know, um, I, I talk about this one all the time, but it's like a famous, uh, John U. Smith and Kendrick Bourne on a mesh route are running into each other and both guys get hurt. Yeah. Like that's stuff that you, you practice day one, install day one. I'm high, you're low. We high five and we mesh and one of us is open. If you're running into each other in week seven, like that's, that's like, Pop yeah. Warner stuff. And so you weren't seeing that. They were working on that stuff. Everyone was dialed in. So uh, just a lot more comfortability in the offense. I think that was sort of my main takeaway uh, from camp in general. And from today specifically, it's got to be Mike Unwendo. I think the story the last two days really was um, injuries. Not only guys coming back, but guys kind of getting banged up too. Because like Unwendo comes back. Gasicki's on the practice field. Pierre Strong's on the practice field. But then today you have Christian Gonzalez get banged up. 
Jonathan Jones is still not out there. Demario Douglas has been, you know, going to the conditioning field. So kind of a mixed bag on that front. But uh, the the biggest question mark is going to be this offensive line. And to see on when he'll come back, even, um, even though he did, he wasn't a participant, to be there in uniform, not on pop anymore, um, it clearly means he's on a good tra- trajectory. So that's going to... Um, that's going to have a trickle down on the offensive line. So that's uh, that's my big takeaway from today. Uh, Mike, with Onwenu back, is your sense that Reef is going to go back out to tackle? Or are they going to stick with City? So there is Connor McDermott going to come back into this picture. How do you think that works itself out? Yeah, it's a good question. Personally, I think they should try Onwenu at guard. Um, I mean, at tackle, rather. I'm sorry. I think they should put Onwenu at tackle. And I think it's starting to trend that way. Um, from what we saw today, Reef is staying inside that nothing has changed. I have to be careful with the words I say, because Patriots, uh, they've been on us about reporting what we can say and not say and all that stuff. But, um, <laughs> things have stayed put despite on being there. Um, if, if you catch my drift. So I think they might just, uh, you know, plug on on there and keep reef inside. Um, because you would think they would make changes and they really haven't. So with him still coming back, I think they might be able to, you know, plug him outside. Um, obviously, uh, we'll see what happens, but I think they should because, look, it, the the argument against it, at least from what I've seen and kind of what I've assumed, is that they didn't want to put him there because then he'd be a right tackle and then you'd have to pay him like a right tackle if, if he plays well. But if you have a good right tackle that's worth the money, then just pay him and protect your quarterback. Like, it, it doesn't right. it doesn't have to be that difficult. You don't need to, like, you know, loop-de-loop around it, if you will. Just, you know, put the guy out there, let him play. And if he can be max right tackle for the next five years and you got to pay him like it, then so be it. Um, he's also a great guard, though. So you have Reef, and it, it, it'll be interesting to see what they do. But uh, if it's if if it were up to me, I would put him at tackle and make sure that you have him and Brown on the on the outsides and uh, go from there. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Oh, go ahead, man. Go ahead. I just find it funny here that, uh, especially with the City Sow stuff, that it seems like they could make the entire offensive line out of five like guard tackle hybrids. Yeah. Like they're just going to put like five of the same guy or four of the same guy and then David Andrews in the middle. <laughs> yeah, it's it's bizarre. And I guess that's it's I kind of think it's a it's a good thing and it's a bad thing depends on how you look at it. Because on one hand, you have guys who, you know, if someone goes down, you can kick them out anywhere and they're smart enough to, you know, at least be serviceable at the position. But on the other hand, you'd rather one guy who is a nasty left tackle but stinks at guard but you know that okay he's my tackle and i put him at tackle so uh it's sort of a i guess a catch-22 um in that regard but no i think uh yeah i think they just in general they need a lot of help at the position i think hopefully what strange is healthy once on one who's back and roaring um and then you know trent brown a slow start to camp he obviously wasn't practicing was still starting to ramp up but um, he, he did get sort of a bull rush pancake today by Dietrich Wise, which wasn't a great look. But in general, big big sample size. Trent looks like he's ready to go, and uh, to have him on the left side on Matt Flynn's side will be huge. So yeah, I mean that it, it's it's huge, and I think the the thing about Onwenu that's interesting is that are they going to pay him right? And if you're not going to pay him anyways, then what difference does it make? Right? right it I'm doesn't matter that. where he's p- playing, like. You know, and maybe they look at it and say he's a phenomenal guard and he's a good tackle. But I think I'd rather have a good tackle than a phenomenal guard. Like I just I think that it's more important, especially if if he's the best right tackle on your team, he should be your starting right tackle. Right. Even if he's definitely he, he could be the best right guard and right tackle on your team. 
but I'd rather try to fill someone in at right guard than fill someone in at right tackle. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, and, and that that's the big thing for me. Um, and so, you know, we'll see how Trent Brown plays. We'll see when Cole Strange comes back. So, although it's interesting because people were talking about Cole Strange almost definitely being good to go for the regular season, but Mike on maybe not being ready. Cole Strange isn't back out there and on when who is now again on when who, you know, only did conditioning and, and, you know, didn't do any team drills and stuff like that. But like, still the fact that he was out there in pads, that, that makes a difference, you know? And so I don't know what's going to happen with strange. Maybe he's the one that's going to miss time. Um, you know, and they have to figure out what's, what they're going to do at left guard. But I just, they have the depth and especially where you drafted those guys this year, you drafted Jake Andrews, right? You drafted Antonio Mafi. Those guys are interior guys. So put on one on the outside if you need. Right. And if Bradley Reef stinks at right guard, you have guys that can fill in if you need. You don't have another right tackle other than City So, I guess. But like, or, I don't know. Yeah, if Reef's a, a mess, like then, you know, yeah. it's like, or yeah, that's Calvin not what Anderson is the other name here that's kind of a wild card. Was he, is he any closer to being back? Do we have any idea? Uh, so Mike Reese in his uh, in his Sunday column wrote that he's uh, getting close. I think I, I don't know; those weren't the exact words, so don't quote me on that. But some somewhere along the lines of like he he's getting there. But I mean, he was there today, not doing anything, not in pads and street clothes, just kind of standing around watching. So uh, there hasn't been any real reporting on it aside from that. So I, I think you kind of uh, I wouldn't necessarily bank on him. I think that no. to, to have to bank on someone like that, it's it's tough on August twenty third, right? So like. Just and Pat, back to your point on uh, with Reef and uh, Onwenu, right? Like, think about it this way: if the right side of your line is going to be Riley Reef and Mike Onwenu, whatever way you slice it, I'm I'm saying that Onwenu is better than Riley Reef. Right. So put the better guy at tackle because it's the like that's the position where it if it blows up, it's going to be worse for your quarterback because guys coming off the edge. Like it's 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 easier, I guess, to kind of help in the middle with David Andrews and in, in that than have a guy steaming off the right side and blowing up Mac Jones's face. So I'm with right. you put on running on the right side. And yeah, as far as Calvin Anderson, just going back to that, I, it's great if he comes back and can be a depth piece, but I'm not looking for him to like, you know, start for you anymore. I feel like that ship is kind of stale. Well, yeah. and it's, it's kind of crazy. You look at the tackle position, you know, you bring back Connor McDermott, you sign Calvin Anderson, you sign Riley reef. And here we are with two and a half weeks until the regular season starts. Calvin Anderson hasn't played at all. Reef set guard. And what yeah. McDermott's banged up McDermott's right now. Out, so, kind of, yeah, he wasn't there. Tonight, and so, and he's been moving around the line, even when he was healthy, I don't think he was a lock to make this roster. No. So, um, it's a, it's a good thing. They took as many shots as they did, but also we still don't have a good answer. <laughs> Right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's tough. It's going to be, it's going to make or break the team because look today at practice, there were a few times and one play specifically where um, Mac drops back and the protection breaks down. And I think it was Judon is just like beaming right towards him. Obviously doesn't hit him because red Jersey practice, whatever runs past right. him, but then Mac is able to reset and he drops a dime to Kendrick Bourne in tight coverage on a crosser. Beautiful throw, beautiful catch. If it's blocked up, it's a touchdown, but you're not even getting there if your offensive line isn't giving you anything. So um, yeah. that's, I mean, it's it's obvious, right? But like that's that's going to make or break what you can do offensively. Um, and so it's, yeah, it's a big question mark. And it, again, you hope these guys get healthy before the season. Um, but if if that can't be blocked up, then they're going to have a hard time again. And it's, again, not going to really be Matt Jones's fault. So Right. Well, and that makes it difficult because you wonder who are the guys that are going to slot in. And, and so I think... I think when we look at it, you say, okay, our starting five, right? 
what we're hoping for, right, will be Trent Brown, Cole Strange, David Andrews, probably Riley Reef, and then um, and then Mike Onwenu. The question is, if Strange and Onwenu aren't ready for the regular season, are we putting are we starting two rookies on the offensive line, right? Are, hey, Tony Mafi has looked like, like right now. Yeah. He's looked like the best guard. Outside of the the top two, he's looked like one of the best guards on the team. I feel like you have to put him at left guard. And then nobody else has done even close to what City So has done at right tackle. And he hasn't been amazing, but he's been better than than what else we've seen out there. So, you know, I just think I look at it and think, okay, that offensive line isn't bad. But if those two guys don't come back healthy, you're starting two rookies on the offensive line. Right. I you know, one he, of them who hasn't played one. That's Right. And, and you know, and, and so great. I like the kid. He hasn't played tackle since he was a freshman in college, which was like 15 years ago. So like, okay. it's just, you know, like that's, it's a lot. So, you know, and especially like you say against the Eagles and then the next week against the dolphins and then the third week against the jets, like you're not getting any breaks to start the season. You know, you're, right. you're facing some really good competition uh, in the starting seven. So in the front seven, so it's going to be uh it's going to be tough for them. And on when coming back today was a big step forward. And if he's back healthy week one, that's gonna that's gonna really really help them. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I want to okay, we I want to switch to another position here on the offense because there's another one where we've got some injuries clouding what's going to happen with the roster, and that's running back. Um, this is a position I think is interesting. We talked about it after the the last game. You could argue the best preseason performer at running back has been JJ Taylor, and. You've got Ty Montgomery, who in theory might be one of the better guys in the room, who basically has not played at all. Pierre Strong is the guy they drafted more highly last year and who made the team out of camp and Kevin Harris didn't. And now he's hurt. So it's kind of hard to get a read on who's going to fill in those roster spots behind yeah. Ramondre Stevenson and Ezekiel Elliott. What's your thinking on that at this point? My thinking is, thank God they signed Zeke. <laughs> because <laughs> outside of Zeke and Ramondre, it's it's not only a house of cards, but it's it's a bunch of jokers. And that's not to be derogatory towards these guys, but it's just like they're not great outside of those two. Um, and they're unreliable because, like, Ty Montgomery, like you said, Matt, he's great when he's out there, but we've only seen him for probably five or six plays over two years when he's out there. And they're great when he's there, but outside of that, it's like he can't rely on him health-wise. So... I'd be surprised if he makes the team at this point, even though he's out there back because, um, again, you just you can't trust him. So um, I think – and this was – and I'm sort of making tweaks, and I know this is sort of half roster projection episode, half you know where things are. Like right now going into uh, this preseason game, I think they're going to keep three backs, uh, and I think it's going to be Ramondre, I think it's going to be Zeke, and I think it's going to be Pierre Strong. Um, yeah. Kevin Harris hasn't shown enough. You – Montgomery you can't trust and I think strong uh though he was banged up he was in concussion protocol um today he shedded the red non-contact jersey so um I think he's getting there and I think I don't know exactly what day in the protocol is and frankly I don't I don't know it like um like the back of my hand but today's Wednesday if he's in a white uh jersey has another off day tomorrow he might be able to play um, on Friday get a couple snaps and if he can show out then he might win that third job and I think that's sort of it's when you're when you're trying to break down a 53 man roster, like it's not always going to be running back versus running back for the last spot or wide receiver versus wide receiver. You kind of have to make like it'll be the last running back, or do we keep a linebacker who can play on special teams as well? So, like I, I look at the the six receivers that they might want to keep. I look at some linebackers that they might want to keep that can play special teams. 
And I don't think they have the room for a fourth running back because no matter who it is, I agree. Whether it's JJ, whether it's Ty, and whether or whether it's uh, Kevin Harris, like I just don't think they're deserving of a top fifty-three. So uh, that's sort of where I sit with the running backs. And uh, yeah, like like I said from the top, thank God they got Zeke. No kidding. But I think JJ Taylor and Kevin Harris, you can stash on the practice squad too, right. and effectively have that fourth running back or fifth running back during the season whenever you need them. Right. Yeah. Right. No, I'm with you too. Like that's. The practice squad and the, the waivers is kind of uh, not that it's different than it used to be, but I know that the, the rules have sort of like changed since COVID and they're, they're bigger practice squads now and the rules for, you know, waving guys and who has to clear versus who doesn't can change. And so like, yeah, you're, there's going to be so many guys who get cut and so many guys who aren't going to get claimed and they're just going to be right back with the team. And they're just going to be guys who you can pull back and forth and put on the roster. Like you said, guys like JJ, guys like Kevin Harris. Um, yeah. I look at a guy like Malik Cunningham and I know that it's a different position. Well, I'm sure we'll get to it here, but uh, I don't know if he's going to make the team. I don't know if another team's going to claim him. It depends. I, I think he kind of got screwed with, uh, with Saturday's game getting cut out because he wasn't able to get another drive out there. Um, right. So we'll see what happens there. But yeah, a lot of these guys, we talk about them getting cut, but, a lot of them aren't going to get claimed, and they're guys who they like enough where once they come back, they're basically going to cut them and say, look, stay another night in the hotel, and we'll, we'll see you on Monday. So, Yeah, um, I agree. It, it'll be interesting, but ultimately I say I say three backs. But J.J., J.J. to me is, you know, he's Bam Childress. He's a guy that excels in the preseason, and he's done nothing yeah. in the regular season to justify that. We've seen it over and over and over again in the regular season. You can't get it done in a real NFL game against real right. NFL talent. And, like, I like the guy. He works hard, obviously. They obviously like him. He's been around for a while, but he's just not that guy. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, he'll so, be a practice squad, like Matt said. He'll be practice squad, and if, yeah. if they need another body to catch passes or, you know, run down on special teams when someone else gets hurt, then they'll pull him up. But, yeah, otherwise, I, I don't see him worthy of a 53. Yeah, I agree. So Joshua Littlejohn's uh, asking a ton of questions, which is great, but he asked a question about Tyquan Thornton and if Tyquan is back. And I think that that's – it's funny because when Matt mentioned the, the injuries club position, that's what I was thinking about because I thought he was talking about wide receiver. I he was going to wide receiver. And so I guess the question is, are they going to start the season with six wide receivers on the roster? And if they don't, who are they going to get rid of? Yeah, uh, I'm in the boat right now that they're going to keep all six. Um, I think that it's going to be um, – and uh, according to Chris Price from the Globe, apparently Taekwon is week to week. So it, it's tough to – again, he's going into a season with an injury. I know it's only his second year, but he's a guy – he's another guy who can't stay healthy, but right. he has so much potential. Um, I don't think they're going to cut bait with him yet. I think they would if he wasn't a second-round pick from last season. I think he would be off the team. But they can't do it yet. I think, again, he has too much potential, and they spent a lot of capital on, capital on him. So if he's here, that might be a guy who, once they, once they you know, clear waivers, and, like if they keep him on the 53, then they put him on IR. He's only out four weeks. Um, right. And then they can bring another guy back and add him to the 53. So I don't think, uh, I don't think they're going to want to risk cutting a guy like Kayshawn Booty either because I wouldn't be surprised if the team snatched him up. He's, looked he's had good. a good couple yeah. weeks. He's, he's uh, strung together a couple of good practices here. I think if he has another uh, solid game in the in the reps he gets on Friday, then I think he he locks himself in on the spot. Because, too, I noted this uh, in my in my piece today on WEI.com, but uh, Booty saw a lot of special teams reps today, too. I found that interesting because if, like, when, again, when you weigh guys position by position, if they can contribute on special teams, they're more likely to grab a job. 
or if whether he's just a wide receiver. And so for them to start, you know, repping him as a gunner and as uh, a punt returner and things like that, if he can do a bunch of different stuff, then he's going to warrant a, uh, a position on the 53. Yeah, that's something that stood out to me too. And that goes back to running back with Pierre Strong. I think right. he plays more special teams than anybody else in that room. And exactly. when you go down the line, that's where, you know, if Matt Sokol is going to make the team. In my head, there's like a mini roster battle between like Matt Sokol and, and Calvin Munson going yeah. on for like the 53rd <laughs> spot right now. Munson's up against everybody. He's a guy who everyone wants to squeeze him on. And I get it. Like right now I have him off, but it, it, there's so much like from right now to Tuesday, even though we're only going to see one football game in front of us, like there's going to be so many tells in that to see like who's going to be on, who's going to be off. And they have a ton of decisions to make. Um, yeah. Munson's a guy who's like in a position battle with pretty much everybody right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it depends too. Like you talked about, you know, other guys are going to get cut from other teams, you know, this weekend uh, as other teams, you know, pounding the phone line, Hey, we're going to cut this guy. You want to send us a fifth, sixth round pick for him. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden now the Patriots have acquired two guys through trades. And so now two guys that you thought were going to be in the 53 man aren't in the 53 because those guys are on it instead. So, right. you know, it's, that's, that's kind of the, the, you know, the, the Tetris that you play with the, um, you know, with the, with the roster projection. Yeah. So. That's same with Zeke too. Like Zeke's a guy who, uh, he came in and he wasn't, he's like a lock for the 53 now where there's guys oh, yeah. who bring in like, you bring in another guy to, I mean, the, the McCall guy that they brought in yesterday who uh, already got cut, but like that's a guy who you bring him in and he's just sort of competing. You're like the running back Marable, and he's just sort of, but no, Zeke, Zeke's on the team. So yeah. now other guys naturally fall out. And like you said, it's a Tetris game. So uh, exactly. it'll definitely be interesting over the next, uh, next couple of days. Exactly. All right, listen, we're going to get to the defense in a second, but we first got a word from our sponsors. Football season is about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash Boston. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Restrictions apply. Max bonus $50 unless specified otherwise. See terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Hope is here. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Here with Mike Cadillac. Mike, let's, let's flip over the defense side of the football. Defensively, give me like one person, one guy, that people aren't looking at that you think is going to be on the 53-man roster. And maybe there isn't anyone in your projection, but give me one guy that people are kind of like, eh, I don't know, and you're like, no, no, that guy's on the team. After what happened today, I think Sam Roberts is a guy who's going to make the team as a defensive tackle. I think uh, – Wow. Even after, was- even after being a dummy on, on – Yeah, Saturday night. he was. And, uh, you know, as I was – put it this way, when I to, – to go behind the curtain uh, a little bit, like when I'm writing up – a post-game article during the game, 
especially in preseason, I'm also like actively doing my 53 minute roster right. projection for the next yep. day, just so it's, you know, it's ready and you, you move things around. So as soon as Roberts had those two penalties, I took him off my roster. But then as he's, as the game keeps playing, he's getting all these reps and he's playing pretty well. He has a couple of run stuffs, whatever. I'm like, okay, like this guy's going to play. And yeah, yeah, I do. It's like, it's funny because that stuff's, that stuff's not going to fly. Um, and that's not just a Belichick thing. That's in any team thing. If you're out yeah. there making bonehead plays, like you're not going to last. But I thought he played well enough. And I think with uh, with McCall coming in, then leaving, Carl Davis was up on uh, up on the conditioning field today. And it, there's sort of starting to be some traction that Lawrence Guy could maybe be a surprise cut here. I don't know if uh, I don't know if he's going to uh, if he's still upset about his contract or what's going to happen there. So if uh, as far as depth along the, the defensive front, I think Sam Roberts uh, could definitely make a push and make the team. I know, again, I know he had the boneheaded play, yeah. but I think that uh, his play in general has outweighed, and he, he's getting he's getting decent time on that front. So uh, I think I think he he'll probably make the team. Well, there was a moment in the like Packers it. game where the Packers ripped off a run, and I was kind of like half looking at the TV, and I, I saw him break run. I was like, oh man, like the second team defense isn't very good, and then. They show the replay and they are running right at Carl Davis and Lawrence Guy, and it was like, oh, yeah. that's that's yeah. not, it's not great. There's a, and I, I don't know if this is something that could even happen, but it seems like they're interested in beefing up the defensive tackle room at least by claiming McCall. Right. The name that keeps coming into my mind is Grover Stewart for the Colts. He's a guy who's on the last year of his deal. He's an elite run-stuffing defensive tackle. The Colts aren't very good. The Pats just yeah. played him last year, and they know how good he is. I don't know yeah. if a guy like that would ever be available, but I also feel like, you know, Godshaw, his listed weight is higher. Supposedly, he beefed up. I don't know if it, you really saw it against the run. I don't know if he looked improved Saturday night. And Carl Davis is Carl Davis, and McCall didn't, didn't pass his physical. If they're trying right. to add to the room, I think you could look to make a trade there. Yeah, I'm with you. There, there's so many, there are so many moves that are going to happen. And I, I, I said this two minutes ago, but even not just in the Patriots room, but across the entire league, like surprise cuts and potential yeah. trades that will come about tonight into the, the, like right up until the deadline. And even after, because as soon as the deadline comes, guys get cut, guys get cl- So like, there's mm-hmm. so much roster turnover that even if you think, and I know that some guys, some guys on the beat uh, with me, we kind of talk about like they want to make the perfect fifty-three man roster. It's like they want to yeah. get it. Per- it's like a March Madness bracket. It's like right. there's yep. no way it's going to happen because some guy's going to get cut out in San Francisco that Belichick loves and he didn't know would be available. And then it's like so again, the, the, like you said, a guy like a guy like Stewart on the Colts, anyone. I mean, you could bring in a guy like Jason Peters on the offensive line. Like I don't think that's going to happen. But there's again, there's guys, there's talent out there that. You don't know who's going to be available. So, uh, yeah, anything anything could happen. But, yeah, I think the, as far as the defensive line, and that's kind of why I go with Roberts because clearly they, they're looking to beef that up. So uh, yeah. I, I think that's that's a spot that's kind of a mystery right now. I think their defensive front in general is solid, but uh, it looks it, – from the outside looking in, it looks like they want to kind of make improvements. Well, and something, yeah. something we've talked about, Pat, too, is that, you know, your week one opponent is Philly with that right. elite – offensive line and running game and you might tailor your fifth your initial 53 a little bit differently than you would in yep. other years because you know you want the right roster for that game and you're going to make your usual adjustments going forward exactly yeah yeah no it makes sense i mean i i just you know i get worried about that only because it's a it's a it's a passing league right but at the same time then you you sit there and look at what the patriots have on the back end and you think well they got a ton of depth at corner 
They got a ridiculous amount of depth at safety. And, you know, I think the linebacker group is the group that I'm most concerned about because I think that Mac Wilson can cover the pass. I don't know if Mac Wilson can stop the run. Mm-hmm. And this is a defense that is predicated on them stopping the run. So that that's that's what concerns me. I know Juwan Bentley wasn't out there on on Saturday night. I get that. I know Marte Mapu wasn't out there on Saturday night. I don't know if he's going to be starting or not right away, but he might be. And so then there's your top two linebackers aren't out there to start the game. Like, of course, you're not going to look as good. But right. but you know if they're not, and you're relying a lot on Mac Wilson, I just I don't I don't know how I feel about that, and especially if you're getting declining play from Lawrence guy and Carl Davis. That's definitely a problem for you moving forward. Yeah. It's uh it's top heavy at that, that linebacker for sure. And like, it, I mean, it's great when, like you said, when you do have guys like Bentley out there, but when you got to then rely, like, when you, when you look at a 53 and then you got to rely on guys like Chris board and Calvin Munson and whoever to, you know, be your run stuffers, like those are special teamers. So yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I don't know the answer to linebacker because I look at and sort of piggybacking off what you said, but, Mac Wilson is the the speed linebacker, the guy like right. you said who can cover the pass, but he's not a great against the run. He's he's lighter than everybody else. Like you're not going to want him to have to go up and grab whether it's who do they even have now? Philly like De- DeAndre Swift or Kenneth Gay, like guys like that who are just and not that Gainwell's a big guy, but it, it's it'll be tough against that 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 offensive line too. So uh, yeah, linebacker kind of a kind of a mystery because you have great guys on the edge, but the inside's kind of uh, outside of Bentley is kind of a question mark. Correct. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree with you. And, and Josh Littleton's talking about Jalen Mills. I think Mills has had a really good camp. I think he's looked really good in, in the two preseason games. And I know free safety can be an issue where you say McCourty's gone, and so that deep part of the field is an issue. And it is. And no matter who they put back there, it's not going to be as good as Devin McCourty was. But at the same time, I sit there and say, well, they have the rotational piece that can go in, right? Mills can do it a little bit. He won't do it every snap, but he can do it a little bit. Kyle Doug can do it every now and again. You know, Adrian Phillips could theoretically do it every now and again. I think John Jones is a guy that can play that deep yeah. free safety, depending on the matchups and and where guys are along the field. So I think they have enough enough depth that they can figure that out. It's just like that's the question is like they don't have that guy like McCordy anymore, but they have enough pieces that they can figure that out, I think. Yeah, I'm not like some people are kind of worried about the corner depth with Jones being out and then Jack Jones kind of a question mark and Marcus Jones being better in the slot and not great in the outside. Like I'm fine with their defensive backfield. I think you look at guys like Jack Jones, Christian Gonzalez on the outside. Jonathan Jones is a chess piece. Jabril Peppers is a chess piece. Uh, Jalen Mills is a chess piece. He can play corner if he needs to. Like they're going to use all of their defensive backs in so many different ways, whether it's in the box, out of the box, in the slot, on the boundary, like, they're just going to, and Jabril Pepper says it best, like spin the dial and just put dudes everywhere. Marte Mapu can play back there. He can play inside. Like, I think that they're going to put together a defense in the back end that is sensational, might be strong, uh, because I, I don't want to, you know, put all my, all my eggs in one basket. But I do. I think they're going to be really good back there. I think um, yeah. even if a guy like Jack Jones does get suspended, like Jonathan Jones, I think is going to be back for week one, as scary as it may be that he hasn't practiced in you know, going on a month now, um, I think they're just being precautionary with him. So if he's there, like you said, he can play free. Mills can play free. Duggar is better as a box safety, but um, I think he's improving every single year in every aspect of his game. So I think they're comfortable with him back there. Adrian Phillips as well. So um, I think they're going to 
it's it's going to be the, the front, not so much pass rush, but, you know, run stopping that's going to be their issue on defense. I think the defensive backfield is, is fine. Yeah, I know Christian Gonzalez got a little bit banged up, it sounded like yeah. today. Assuming he's good to go week one, is he going to draw the A.J. Brown matchup? Is that how you think that's going to go? I do. I, I I don't know how I don't know the any other way you do it really. I think it's it's Gonzalez out him with some help, you know, up top, and then you get to John Jones on Devontae Smith. And it, it Philly's not a great matchup matchup for them to get no, the it's tough. Tom game. It's, it's I mean, tough. to be honest, to be to be fair, Philly's not a great matchup for anyone. I mean, there's yeah, a reason they were in the Super Bowl last year, you know? They're very yeah, good. Yeah, that's the best football. roster in football. So yeah. Um it's uh, going to be a little baptism by fire for Christian Gonzalez. <laughs> exactly. Right. I mean, but again, who else, who else would you put on good on AJ Brown? Right. Like, I don't know. Um, and as, as much as I just talked up those DBs, it's, it's not a great matchup for them to have to put their rookie on a guy, a top five to seven wide receiver in AJ Brown week one. But if he's going to have a sauce Gardner type season, like people want him to, then he's going to be able to shut down AJ Brown. He's going right. to be able yeah. to go in the next week and man up against Garrett Wilson or, not the week three Garrett Wilson, but then Tyree Kalen. Like, <laughs> yeah, they have a gauntlet to start. So uh, it'll be, Should like have. you said, trial, baptism, trial by fire for sure for Gonzalez. Um, but no, I think he's their best corner. I think he's cornerback one. Um, he was great to start camp. He's, I don't want to say fizzled off, but he's just kind of there, even keel right now. Um, but that's kind of what you want from a, a corner too. So yeah, uh, I think they'll be fine. I think they're going to they're gonna throw him, throw him at the number ones. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So we'll see. And that's going to be, again, that's why you draft that guy, right? Right. Th- that's the whole reason you draft that guy. And exactly. so, you know, y- you get him to stop to stop the other team's number one wide receiver. And do you want him going against A.J. Brown week one of his NFL career? Not really. But, like, <laughs> what are you going to do? It's either going right. to be teams him or Devontae Smith. One, like, it's, yeah, teams have know. number one wide receiver. So you got to right. put him against somebody. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. That's how so. you learn. Hey, and even if it doesn't go well, you hope you learns from it. And that's why they play 17 games. The season isn't yep. all what happens on uh, that first Sunday and or second sun- Sunday in September. <laughs> and that I think is, he has a good mindset great. for that too. Um, we spoke yep. to him yesterday after practice. He basically said, "Look, if you have a good play, forget about it. If you have a bad play, forget about it." So, like, yep. next one, next one up mentality. Um, he seems to have a good head on his shoulders. Like, he's not going to get in his own head. He's just here to play football. So. Um, even if he does get torched by AJ Brown, I'm confident that he'll be he'll be fine. Yeah, I it wouldn't be the first. <laughs> exactly. It's very true. It's very true. All right, uh, this has been a great conversation. Before we let you go, though, we're going to do our two final segments, and then uh, and then Can we'll I get, get a question in. Before oh, we go fuck to that? God's sakes! Okay. Yes, we're running out of time, <laughs> Matt. Come on. I got a quick. It's a quick one. Special yeah. teams. Okay. Uh, is there a kicker battle? Is there a chance there's two kickers, or that something happens with Nick Folk? <laughs> uh, Ryland and Folk. It, it's a kicker battle. Um, and at, throughout the beginning of camp, they were both great. Um, back and forth, neck and neck. This guy hits a couple. This guy hits a couple. The last two days, they've both been bad. Ryland was, had a bad day yesterday. Folk had a bad day today. Um, it's not what you want. I wouldn't shock me now if they do keep two kickers. Um, it's crazy to have to find room for two kickers on a 53-man team, but it's not uh, It's not something that I would, uh, would put past Bill Belichick. I think uh, – I think they might do it because, look, maybe Folk would want to come back if they cut him, but at the same time, he could go to a place like Dallas where he's from and kick right. at home, and yeah. they don't have a kicker in and, Dallas. And, and in a dome. Right, yeah, and and you're not cutting Chad Ryland, so you have to keep Ryland. It's a matter of if you can trust him enough to not have to keep Folk, which um, 
this day, this week, as of right now, uh, I have two kickers on the 53-man roster. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens on Friday. That I'm mad people will go yep. nuts. So I mean, yes, two to six. Just turn your radios off from two to six. Don't even listen. <laughs> yeah. Don't just don't even listen. Don't even yeah. listen. Unless you're listening to us, if we're doing a show, then that's a good point. Great that. point. Or yeah, unless two point. to six, unless I'm doing a hit. That's a great point. If Mike Otherwise, is filling in two to six, listen. then you got to yeah. listen. That's a great point. Right. So maybe don't. Yeah. Maybe they don't listen to the other radio station. Just you know, <laughs> yeah. listen. Three, listen. I like and this show. This is good. See if see if <laughs> see if Mike's on the on the show. That's all. So all right. All right, final two segments. Here we go. That was a good question, Matt. That was a good question. Yes, okay, it was, it, that was, yeah, that was good. All right, here we go. And now for something we think you'll really like this week in sports history. All right, so I'm going to go first. Uh, my This Week in Sports History is from 1883. Oh, wow. The Philadelphia Quakers make 27 errors against the Providence Grays. In a twenty-eight to nothing shutout defeat. So just so just so we're on the same page here. Uh, prior Devers to eight- pl- did Devers play for them? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, prior to eighteen eighty-eight, wild pitches, walks, and pass balls all counted as errors. So, but still, twenty-seven errors in one game is uh, that's that's pretty incredible. Yeah, that's uh, that's something right there. Calling a walk an error is kind of hilarious. It's outrageous. It's out- yeah. what, an, what an outrageous thing to think about. Yeah. yeah. Uh, mine, on this day in 1992, Dennis Eckersley became the first pitcher to record 40 saves in four different seasons. Man. We need him wow. back in the booth, man. I, yeah, miss, I miss Eck up there. Yes, we do. I agree. Strong agree on that one. Oh, Dark Blue Gold's got one from August 29th, 1933. The first televised boxing match, a six-round exhibition at Broadcasting House in London between middleweights Archie Sexton and Laurie Rottery, shown by the BBC. How about that? There you go. Very Dark Blue Gold and I both, both, going, both going way back today. Um, <laughs> all right, so who won, the, who won the trivia question last week? Who was it? Uh, our winner was A.J. Smith. Uh, and the question, Smith. Mike, we'll see, we'll see if you can get this one. Um, okay. In what season did the Patriots win their lone game at Lambeau Field? And the bonus is, can you name anybody who scored a touchdown in that game? Was it, was it 2015? That is incorrect. The, uh, you might be thinking of the 2014 game, but the Pats lost that one. Okay. Um, yeah, they okay. won there in 06, 35 to nothing. Went out there did, and uh, did Rache Caldwell score a touchdown? He, yes, did. he did. And yes, I knew Brett he was Favre an 06 receiver. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, Brett Favre got injured during the game. So he got half Brett Favre, half Aaron Rodgers in that one. Oh, Neither was very awesome. good. Yeah. yeah. Only win the Patriots have in, in the state of Wisconsin. Yeah, for some yeah. reason I thought that that fourteen, the fourteen fifteen year, I thought they won up there, but I guess. I guess nah, George, I still remember Jordy, Jordy Nelson, Nelson beat oh, Revis on a right. slant, took it yeah. to the house right before the half, and then that was the, the final. Yeah, the third down to win it was also to Nelson, and that was one where Rogers had like six seconds in the pocket and just yeah. waited for somebody to get open. It was uh, that's the last last loss of the season. Was that game? They yes. won every game after that. So all right, let's get to let's was get it, to this week. No, I don't think that's true. Because they sure lost to the Bills in week 17. Oh, well, I know, 17. but I mean no one <laughs> but no one played that game. That doesn't count. No, no. 
Games that counted, yes. <laughs> All right. Our trivia question for this week, and a reminder of the rules, uh, the first person to answer correctly in the chat, or Mike, you are eligible to answer as well. It's going to be entered. We'll get an entry for a drawing we're going to do later this season to win something from the Patriots Pro Shop. Um, so first person to get it, and if nobody gets it on this stream, then make sure to you know comment on the YouTube video or tweet at us or whatever and send us what your answer is. Uh, the question for today... Who leads the Patriots in franchise history in all-purpose yards? That's receiving, rushing, kick return, and punt return all combined. That's a good question. Good one. (laughs) No one one in the chat. Um, Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting question. Yeah, is it like... Is it hard? <laughs> like, is oh, it... but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tell you. Yeah, that. no, you're Let's, right. Okay. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get a couple more answers in the chat here before I start giving out hints. Yeah. Um, do I only get one guess? But what do you think, Pat? Well, so here's the thing, right? Oh, Sony Michelle, that was a good here. guess. Sony Michelle was a good, so, great Sony guess. Sony Michelle. <laughs> not quite right though. Not quite right. Um. No, we uh you can get one guess. Although I think should we tell Mike if he's right or not? I think we probably should tell Mike if he's right or not, right? I think we can tell Mike if he's right okay. or not. All right. Yes. But you only get one guess because yeah, you only get one guess. I don't want to guess this guy. <laughs> I don't want to do it. <laughs> guess. Do it. Stupid guess. No, it's a stupid guess. He's... <laughs> um All right, I'm just going to go with Urban Fryer. I like the guess. It is incorrect, though. Um, and I'll say that we do already have a correct answer in the chat here. I'll shout out Jared Goyette. Yeah. Evan okay. Falk was the correct answer. There you go. There you yeah. go. Just, the other has, guess of has, mine, my other guess was going to be Edelman, but because he was he did punt returns a, too, but he like wasn't outstanding as a rec- like he was a good receiver but he w- wasn't racking up yeah. thousand yard seasons the other thing that's stuff. that's tough is that the kick return you get so much more yardage from the kick returns than you do from right. the punt returns that that's really where you get you pick up the yards you know what i mean i mean obviously I you need surprised. to run and receive too but yeah i was a little surprised that wasn't somebody like troy brown who was just around for forever and just kind of always yeah. had the ball in his hands but yeah. falk was you know the same way yep Yep. So, all right, we're we're up under the gun here, Mike. Thanks so much for coming on, man. We appreciate it. Love talking to you. Hopefully, thanks, I'll guys. see you at Spot again soon. Uh, yeah. But uh, but before before you go, let everyone know where they can read you and hear you and see you and everything else. All right, uh, at Mike Cadlick on Twitter, um, you can read my stuff. Patriots coverage on weei.com, uh, and you can listen on the uh, Six Rings podcast powered by Odyssey. It's myself, Nick Fitzy Stevens, and Andy Hart. On there every day, uh, some sort of show. So uh, some sort of something on there every day of the week. So you can uh, listen to that and follow me on Twitter at Mike Cadlick. What a freaking lineup that is, dude. Andy Hart, Fitzy, and Mike Cadlick. Come on, It's good stuff. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's great. Love it. Well, thanks again, Mike. We appreciate it. And thank you, everyone in the chat, as always. Uh, And Matt, well, someone will be around on Friday night. won't be me because I'll be at a wedding uh, Friday night. Oh, yeah. But... um, but well, you know, someone will be here oh, after. It just won't be me. <laughs> so stay tuned after the game, and uh, we'll go from there. Take care, guys.